there, fictional friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And it is the last episode of 2023. Oh, ho, ho. And because we're, I feel like everybody puts out their list, like, right at the beginning of December, and I don't have time for that, and I'm still <laughs> reading stuff, to mm. be fair, towards the end of the year, and we pre-record episodes. So, because of that, we waited until the absolute last minute that we could um, to give you our top 10 reads of 2023. Yay. Top 10? I thought we were doing top 5. No, 5 each. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't panic. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't read enough to give She's you like, 10. She's like, I didn't even read enough to give you 10 fucking books, guys. God. <laughs> Don't do that to me. We already have, like, this is our, our pre-sort of warning of how, what kind of reading your Shireen has had in total for not 2023, good. guys. It's not been good. It's okay. And I think it's nice to talk about yeah. that and just, like, say it. Like, I know we've talked about it before, but, you know, anybody who's just joining us and wants to hear this, like, yeah, unfortunately, sometimes you just have a shit reading year. It is what it is. I had a great book buying year this year oh my God, you have you picked up so many and i feel like you've read none of them. none of them i haven't read any or i've read like the first chapter of most of them yeah that's fine it's fine we're we're just gonna take this nice and easy we're drinking while we're doing this mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be part of how this episode goes but it's fine we're gonna go through in total our top 10 reads of 2023 and share all of them with you um i'm sure that a lot of people have read like some of the same novels that we have this year so that's always kind of fun to get into i noticed on my list i have like a decent number of books that were published this year Mm. interestingly i think i was really overtaken by the um the i I guess the idea (laughs) of just like new books that were coming out instagram really got me this year and i was like i'm gonna pick that up because it sounds great Maybe that's what I need to do is to get actually get Instagram. No, I don't need to buy more books. I just need to read them. I think you just need to be able to read them. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> and I just need to, maybe I need to send you more stuff. I just need to screenshot things and be like, just buy these. Yeah. <laughs> read these books. <laughs> Shereen has no social media presence. She has one Facebook and a LinkedIn page. And yeah, it. that's it. <laughs> uh, that's okay. But it's fine. You know what? No matter what kind of a reading year it was, we still read books this year, which means that we still had books that we did and did not like and didn't didn't enjoy while we were reading them. So that's where this top 10 list comes from. I'm going to preface this, and I'm sure I said the same thing last year. I'm going to preface this by saying that these are going to be in no particular order because I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Every time we're like, yeah, let's do like a top 10. I'm like, okay, but I can't, I can't put them in any particular order. I'm like, I don't know. All of these were like five stars for me, but I don't know how to organize them properly (laughs) and if you're like me this year then you've got a list of things that you kind of liked but nothing that like rocked your world except two of them yeah (laughs) but we'll get into that it's fine we'll get into (laughs) it don't worry about it (laughs) uh okay do you want to go first Okie dokie. So um, if any of you have been here this year, um, as I said a couple of times, been having a very difficult reading year, struggling to get into books, stay focused in books, um, you know, for various reasons, probably because work has been hella stressful, Mm -hmm. Um, but also because of uh, our friend Sarah Moss, Mm -hmm. who writes like a mofo and is awesome. Um, and I've had the biggest book hangover ever. So, um, 
for background, I read um, Throne of Glass a, a few years ago now. I quite liked it, um, but nothing that like, you know, kind of destroyed my ability to focus on anything else after. <laughs> and then this year I was like, well, you know, everybody keeps talking about A Court of Thorns and Roses. Yeah. So that's her other series. Um, and then she also has a third series, which I have on my bookshelf, but I haven't read because A Court of Thorns and Roses ruined all of other books for me this year. Um amazing book uh super interesting super captivating uh if any of you have read it you know that it's kind of based loosely mm, loosely uh on beauty and the beast and so yeah it's the story of um Farah and her two sisters uh who (laughs) and their dad but not and their dad but not really (laughs) who are uh impoverished because they lost all their fortune Farah is the youngest of the three sisters and she um is a hunter she hunts food for them to keep them going they are on the brink of starvation most of the time and one day she goes into the woods and she sees a wolf and she shoots the wolf and kills it um and brings it back home is super proud of herself because now she can feed her family Mm -hmm. for the next few months and they've got wolf pelts and everything and they're going to be warm for the first time in ages um and then lo and behold um another wolf shows up at the door and basically uh farah has killed um a mystical being um who was actually a a fairy Mm -hmm. a fae um um, and uh tamlin is the high lord who is shows up in wolf form and basically takes farah away from her family because she killed one of his um soldiers basically (laughs) whoops um so this is in like a mystical world where uh the fey world is just kind of over the wall i guess like over the little partition that they have yeah no there is definitely that i feel isn't there a physical wall i think there's a physical wall yeah um so tamlin takes her across he's one of the high lords of uh he's the lord of the spring court see Yes. Um, And so uh, basically there's been a curse that's been put on them by uh, this evil witch, Amarantha, who is sitting under the mountain and is ruling um, all the courts, basically. And uh, yeah, so Farah has to break this curse. And then, of course, as you can see, very Beauty and the Beast, you know, she must fall in love with Tamlin um, and uh, so on and so forth and, you know, go through this amazing story of like, you know, tasks that she has to complete to free everyone anyway it's awesome read it um but be i don't think you need to say that i know <laughs> if i'm being honest I, I feel like you and i are actually really late to the party with yeah this we series. are it's yeah if you spend any time on social media at all like i'm pretty sure that you, we are late to the party we with are this. like we're saying things like we have a hot take there is no hot take no, <laughs> everybody knows is. this is awesome it's just awesome anyway so read that so that's my first one what about you megan okay so my first one is um in the company of witches by arlie wallace it is the first in the evan fall witches b&b mysteries um i read this like early in the fall i want to say so much of like the second half of my reading year was just like really good so i feel Mm. like they're all crammed and i all read i read all of them within like a four-month period it's weird um Anyway, this is the first novel. This one kind of blew up a little bit on social media this year because I saw it in a bunch of different places. Um, It is the best cozy mystery I think I have read in like at least five or six years. It's incredible. It's like if you, you take practical magic and you take Sabrina the Teenage Witch and you take a little bit of like a couple of other, I don't even know how to describe it, a couple of other like 
mixes of things. Gilmore Girls, probably. Ooh. And you were like, here's a cozy mystery, but there are witches. Like, have fun with wa- that. I should read this. It's adorable. Um, the main character's name is Bryn Warren. Uh, she runs the Evanfall B&B, which is a small, um, I believe in, I believe Massachusetts town, like fake fictional Massachusetts town that was made up for the novel um, with her two kooky aunts. Somebody dies in the B&B and they have to investigate. But Bryn's also, there's just so much more than that. Like there's all of the elements of like all of their magic and like all of the different types of magic that each of the witches possesses. They mm-hmm. all have like a special gift. Right. Um, you know, so it's her two aunts. She has an uncle who's like a bit of a recluse who's also mm. very interesting and very powerful. She's also dealing with a recent loss in her life from about a year ago. She had, like her husband passed away mm. very suddenly and stuff. And so there's like a lot of like her working through her grief and everything. So it's like it's a cozy mystery and you think it's going to be one simple thing, but there's just so much more layering to it than I initially thought when I picked it up, when I picked it up, I was like, oh, that's really fun. It's like a witchy, cozy mystery. That's so fun. Um, And I finished it and I was like, I was like, wow, I got like emotional while I was reading this. It's just like, it's excellent. It's incredible. I haven't read the second book yet. And I know that initially they were, there was a lot of talk about the fact that there wasn't going to be any more follow-ups because uh, the publisher was moving away from like some sort of like small paperbacks. And stuff, but now I know that she's been fighting, the author's been fighting to get, like, another book written, and potentially she's, like, indicated a little bit online that she might have, like, good news Ooh. in that lane soon, so it would be really, really awesome if she could continue it. I would I would read, like, seven of these. I think that would be wonderful. I loved it. It was so cozy and nice. I loved the characters. Just, yeah, like, keep them coming if you can. And for you to say that you would read seven of them, like, you're yeah. not a big series kind of gal. No, so, so just <laughs> forever, that would be great. That's awesome. Um, Next on my list, I'm going to mix these up a little bit. Um, Next on my list um, is If He Had Been With Me by Laura Nolan. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was one that I read more recently that kind of, I want to say, chipped the ice on my my reading, like, sleeping spell that I've been having. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I don't even know what you want to call it at this point. Um, So I picked this one up. Uh, I don't know why. I just kind of thought it looked interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I read it within a couple of days. It was really good. Um, The main character, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I think, in one of our episodes. Um, She is like your typical teenager, but also very naive. Um, She's had a lot happen to her in her life. She's had to deal with a lot, like, from her mom's depression, and I believe her mom has tried to take her own life a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, this this character has her best friend who lives next door to her, uh, Finn, I believe is his name. Um, And, uh, you know, they were, they've been best friends forever, and then as they get into high school, they have a bit of a misunderstanding, and um, they kind of stop talking, and so uh, she kind of goes off and does her own thing for a few years, and you can just see, you know, her, like a, it's like a window into the mentality of like a you know, 15, 16, 17 year old in their first relationship with their first boyfriend, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can see that her first boyfriend's like a a little controlling, a little bit overbearing, but she can't really see it. And then of course, you know, Finney is always there next door. Um, and, uh, anyway, so, um, so there, it's a love story, but with a very like sudden 
ending to it um, that they allude to at the beginning. Okay. And so it's very well written. It's very interesting. I like the character. Um, and it was just an easy read, so I'll, I'll put that on there. Okay. Um, my, I guess, number four, whatever. Again, they're not in order, guys. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I can't do it. I'm never going to, and I won't apologize for that. <laughs> um, my next book on the list is uh, The Quiet Tenant by Clemence Mikhail. Um, it is a psychological thriller uh, about a serial killer, but told from three different perspectives that are not his own. Uh, the perspective of his girlfriend, basically, or the woman who he started seeing who's becoming his girlfriend, his 13-year-old daughter, mm. and the woman that he's had imprisoned for the last four or five years, mm. something like that. So they all have different chapters from each of their different perspectives to indicate, like, to sort of walk you through who this person is and how he acts with with each of them. Yeah. Basically, at any given time, I wouldn't want to give too much away about it. Like, it was, like, genuinely, like, a little bit scary to read because, mm. like, wow, yikes. Um, but there was something very sort of raw and real about it. The writing was excellent. Um, the characters were really really good um and it's just it was it's just a really interesting take on something like a serial killer but told from sort of different perspectives and i really like the obviously the dichotomy of like you know the male serial killer but through the gaze of three different women right and how they view the way that he is and the things that he chooses to do it's interesting to see and it's kind of a i don't know it opens up like I guess even, like, a broader topic of, like, ignore the murderer aspect of things, obviously, because this is, like, an extreme, but the a broader sort of topic or chat about how a man can act very differently with different women. Right. You know, and, like, that's something you see, like, with a lot of women will say, like, you know, the the difference, I think most of us have experienced this at some point or Mm. another, the differences with, like, a straight man, how he will act with you whether he's like if he's attracted to you, mm. but how a man will act if he's not attracted to it's you. True, yeah. And those are can be very, very different depending on the people that you're coming across. And I think as a woman, a lot of us can relate to things like that mm. and have experienced, at least to a certain extent, things like that. So that's it's an interesting sort of dichotomy, an interesting kind of like psychological look into something like that. And I really just the way I don't, I don't know, like even when the characters are making bad decisions, you're just kind of right there with them because it feels so real. Right. While you're doing, Interesting. while you're going through the story. So I really, really liked it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, next on my list, <laughs> I said a court of thorns and roses. Um, there's also a court of mist and fury, <laughs> um, because I read the whole series in like the space of like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I have to mention the second one because it's a completely different story it to is. the first one. Yeah. Um, and that's what I appreciated so much about uh, this series mm-hmm. was that, you know, you read the first book and it almost felt like a standalone book. And like, it when could it, have been. It could have been. And yeah. when I when I finished it, I was like, oh, okay, like, I guess that there's more. I guess that there's going to be, you know, more about like Farah and Tamlin and like everything mm-hmm. after the fact. But this turns into this whole epic story yeah. that I did not see coming. It's, and it, no, it's true. And it's sort of one of those things where, like, <laughs> you when you start the book, you're like, what the hell is going on yeah. right now? And it's almost like from the jump, something is, like, very strange in the story. And the tone is completely different than it was in the first novel. So it's interesting to yeah. see it, like, take you through. Yeah, and you you absolutely think that it's going in one direction. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> like, even though it's it has a different tone, you're kind of like, oh, is, it, is this just going to be about these 
these two working through their issues and stuff. Oh, oh God, that would have been terrible. Well, that was my thought when I first started reading it. I was like, oh, God, like, oh we've completely <laughs> ran out of ideas here. This. Like, but no, it was, it's, it's awesome. And that's why I'm still trying to get Megan to finish reading the last book. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I've read the first two and we're all cranky that I haven't read more of them. You know what? Those, those deep, dark, it's fucking freezing outside winter months are coming. Yeah, you can have one of those. I will have time. I can probably pick up book three and actually it will make sense because I'll be like, well, I'm inside anyway. So this is 600 pages. That's fine. No problem. That's true. Yeah. But uh, definitely worth mentioning because it's, it's like completely a different story and it kind of kicks off uh, the rest of what's happening in this series. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Um, my next pick is uh, Never Whistle at Night. Hmm. Which is a and and well a dark fiction anthology um, written by all Indigenous authors. So it's a tome, a collection of short stories written by Indigenous authors from all over um, North America. Uh, just mostly based within the folklore of their particular backgrounds. Mm. Generally speaking, a lot of them like, you know, took a ton of inspiration from that or from different aspects of their own folklore and turned them into stories. Some of them are more period. Some of them aren't. Most of them are more modern from what I remember. Um, Some of them are, I guess, a little like some of them are more linear or less linear, depending on the author's perspective on things. Um, Some of them were very disturbing to read. Uh, depending on the context and like sort of like the different aspects of what the characters in the story are experiencing. But it was just really interesting to be reading, you know, like obviously anthologies are anthologies. And so there are going to be different types of stories Mm. and all of them written from different voices and different perspectives. But this was just such an interesting way of, I guess, like hearing from so many different indigenous peoples from so many different places, Mm. um, like across sort of the country or a couple of countries anyway, just to get different perspectives on things and understand a little bit more of like how the world can look from other Mm. people's viewpoints, even if it's something that's very fictional. And a lot of these are, are based on like, you know, like monster stories and things like that, that are like much older, even than the people who are writing the stories, of course. Um, I just, I don't know. It was just fascinating. And it was just, it could be so different from one story to the next. It was just really interesting to, I guess, not necessarily understand Mm. all that much more about like a lot of like the folklore, because I feel like there would be, there would need to be a lot of research on my part done in order to understand all of that, which would be something that would be interesting for me to do. Um, but just to, just to hear so many different tones from Mm. so many different authors, um, with so many different backgrounds and who also work in so many different fields as well. That's really cool, actually. I love a good anthology series. You know, it's easy to stay captivated throughout, you know, the whole book. Exactly. Because they're all different stories. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, What else do I have? Um, So I've recently been reading, um, well, almost finished it, uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. So it's the kind of newish Hunger Games book that came out. It was a prequel, um, you know, based on the 10th Hunger Games and um, President Snow when he was younger. Um, I went to see the movie before I started reading the book. I was never a huge fan of the Hunger Games books. Yeah, I never really got through them because I wasn't Like, I just didn't love the characters on paper. Um, I have to say the movie 
for this one was really good. Um, the actors were amazing. And I think also because uh, the singing was amazing in it as well. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, really catchy in that way because, um, you know, uh, Lucy Gray is a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, you know, having the songs throughout the movie really kind of captivated you, made you feel like you were feeling what she's feeling. Um, the book is good because in the way of like when you're watching the movie, you're thinking, oh, I know that Snow is evil, Mm -hmm. but how did he get here? And you're kind of expecting there to be like a moment that kind of flips a switch in his brain and makes him evil. But that's not really happen. That's not what happens in the movie. Like it's, you know, the whole time you're watching it, you're expecting something to happen, but it's it's a lot more um, subtle than that. Mm-hmm. But when you read the book and you're getting his perspective the whole time, you're like, oh, you're just a psycho all the time. Yeah, like which, he's like, you not know, a good person. I mean, you know? that's, that's logical, though, isn't yeah. it? Like, if someone is horrible and, like, you know, like that's the whole thing in the initial Hunger Games trilogy, like the character of President Snow is pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, I would think that that character would have already had a basis or would have already had the potential to be this way. You know, that wouldn't come out, that doesn't necessarily come out of nowhere. And I think that to a certain extent, it's nice to find stories that are willing to posit that villains were kind of that way to an extent or had the capability of being Mm. this way to begin with yeah. it wasn't something that was like oh well he experienced this one terrible tragedy and it changed everything mean. about him which is like yeah. you know gotten very tropey and yes that can be the case in but some stories rare. yeah but i feel like this person also in like many cases you know even if you look at things from like a true crime perspective like a lot mm-hmm. of these people had the potential for this already yeah. and i think that showing showcasing a character like that kind of being that way already to begin with makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and and that's what I appreciate about this book because, you know, in the movie, it kind of feels like he's fighting with himself at certain points mm-hmm. where he's kind of like, oh, you know, I still need to be kind of half decent and like, oh, you know, I need to be nice in some ways. But in the book, it's very much all a means to an end. Like, yeah. he really just wants to reacquire his status his money for his family um and he firmly believes that he deserves it all and so everything he does is just like a move to get closer to that you know um and so like i'm you know i'm not done yet so i there are glimpses of him you know being kind of on the kinder side on the fence um but it's very much like oh well if i do this then i can do this Mm -hmm. you know and you see it very clearly in his mindset so i appreciate that about it okay uh my fourth of five picks is the september house by carissa orlando which also i know again Maybe it's just my Instagram feed specifically is tailored to some of this stuff. It's totally, so. it's totally possible. But it was published um, this fall, this past fall, and it was it's it was very much all over the place. Also, it has like a really aesthetically pleasing cover. Like mm-hmm. if you were like, I would li- like to go into a bookstore and find like a new looking haunted house book, mm-hmm. you would pick up that book and be like, yep. And then you would leave with it, and that would be it. So I think it makes for a good Instagram photo. Mm. <laughs> um, this book was like, I so because I'd seen it all over, it was one of those things, I, I like, I wanted to read it. It sounded interesting, but I didn't want to set my expectations too high, because I find that what can happen sometimes is I do that, and then I read the book, and I'm like, I did not like that as much as I thought it was going to, <laughs> considering I saw, like, 15 Instagram posts right. in a row about how great it was, and how many people were reading it and everything, and I was like, oh, God. So I picked it up, because the story legitimately sounded interesting, basically. Um, a 
middle-aged couple had have bought basically what was the equivalent of their dream house uh maybe three or four years prior to the beginning of the book and they it was like the you know like beautiful old victorian style that was really going for like much cheaper than it mm. should have been which probably would be your first indication that something is wrong right um you know and kind of ignore very much like ignoring the signs even from like the the broker like the realtor being like yeah well you know the other like so this happened i should warn you that there was like a death i believe someone you probably um, don't want to live here yeah someone you know like i believe that they indicate like someone died by suicide um and then are like and then kind of everybody just ignores the fact that the realtor's like but all the other deaths were natural like and you're like what <laughs> um but this couple is so enamored with this house and there seems to be like an aura about it they've purchased it but every september Okay, so there's kind of hauntings that happen throughout the entire year to an extent, but every year in the month of September, everything goes crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, like little ghost kids running around all over the place, um, and like they like they can interact with people, so they can attack, they can injure people. Mm. Uh, the walls drip blood from the top of the house all the way down to the ground floor. Oh, this sounds like a Tommy Wiseau movie. Yeah, not that, though. <laughs> <laughs> the house that bleeds um, on Alex. Anyway, and all of this has led up to the fact that basically, like, you know, so everybody, so people are kind of like, hey, maybe you should leave, <laughs> you know? But she's like, she's very determined to stay in the house like she's very determined to be there and she's like no this is my dream house I am not leaving um and that's kind of on the surface that's what I thought the book was going to be and it is it does have like kind of like a really darkly comedic uh tone to it that way just in the sense of like something like one of the ghost kids will bite her and then something kind of funny (laughs) happens or she's very glib about the whole thing which makes it a little bit funnier Mm. but um there's so much when you actually get into the meat of the story, the relationship between the couple and stuff, and then her um, adult daughter gets involved later on and things like that as to what else is going on in the story. There's so much more to it. This book took a turn that I didn't think oh, it was really? going to take about two thirds of the way. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and then I just kind of devoured the rest of it and was really surprised at where it started and where it ended in terms of what the actual underlying story was. And right. I wouldn't want to give that away because it's a newer book especially. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to give that away. But like I was really impressed with it in a way that I, going in, just kind of thought it was going to be one thing. Mm. And I was just pleasantly surprised when it turned out to be something else, even though it does cover some darker aspects of humanity and stuff. So just like be aware of that. There are, you know, things, domestic violence, there's all kinds of stuff that kind of comes into play there. So just be aware of that if you do want to pick it up. But honestly, it was, it was just a really good read. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. It is good. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then my last one, um, is, uh, I'm just going to go with this one. (laughs) The Wish by Nicholas Sparks. Because You I are love, ridiculous. I love Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> um, also, it's one of the only books I got through because I read it early in the year before I read A Court of Thorns and Roses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, is it great? No. Um, are any of his books wonderful? No. no. Do I read them anyway? Absolutely. Um, Shane's so, just glutton for punishment, guys. Really There's like a masochistic undertone to every book that she picks well, up. Well, I am also currently reading My Life with the Walter Boys, which is like just terrible. Oh, it's man. It's just awful. I, uh, uh, <laughs> I started that show and I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get all the way through it. 
<laughs> the book is like even worse because like Jackie's a whole like horn dog. No. Um, well, she's like looking at all of them like mm, look at those abs, and I'm like, girl, you live with them anyway. Girl. Um. So the wish by Nicholas Sparks is um. It's like a story of uh, a woman who's dying, um, of and uh, she's like older. And <laughs> Megan's got her head and buried she's flashing in her back hands. to something romantic. 100%. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's flashing back to uh, when she was like in her—I don't know if she was fourteen or fifteen or something—and she got pregnant and she got sent away by her family to like this small, like isolated island to live with her aunt in like North Carolina or something. It's just off North Carolina (laughs) and um, and she meets a boy and they fall in love and he doesn't mind that she's pregnant and all this and he's wonderful (laughs) I sure hope not and the best and um, and then he dies of course oh my god and then (laughs) she lives her life like wishing that she'd had him or been with him or whatever and like she'd given her baby up for adoption and basically she's telling this whole story (laughs) to her new employee who's a young man who just started working for her and lo and behold it's her son like oh my god that's oh my god okay because i was gonna be like because i was gonna say like i was like oh my god this is like trauma dumping on your employee that's not nice don't do that yeah yeah so he's like a new employee and like i think he i can't remember if he knew she was his mom or whatever but she's telling him this whole ass story None of the end. <laughs> Megan's just got her head like buried in her hands. Uh, my eyes could roll all the way back in twice <laughs> all they would do. So yeah. <laughs> best book I've read this year. No. <laughs> One of the few books I've read this year. Yup. <laughs> Listen, I just you know what? We only talked about Colleen Hoover like a few weeks ago. I am tapped out in terms of romantic drama <laughs> with too much trauma attached yeah. to it. I am tapped out. I need a minute. Fair enough. I need to just start getting into like these spicy ones i've got like yeah i've got like two of them on my bookshelf right now that i'm staring at i've got the fine print and a game of fate like the um, hades and persephone oh i've read a fine i've read the fine print oh have you yeah is it good yeah it's not bad i think i read the the first billionaire billionaire something something something. i think i read the two two of those books there's three of them because there's three brothers of course of course um and i believe i've read the first two i don't think i've read the third one okay well so i've got those on my bookshelf so those are queued up but i have to get through my cheesy uh holiday romance book that i well, that's, reading. yeah, that's fine. I yeah. need to, yeah, that's it. Like, listen, after these fucking Colleen Hoover books, I was just like, I need, um, I need romance with little cartoon covers on them. Oh, like, yeah. I need, like, cutesy. Like, I need yeah. something cute, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With some smut. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle in the smut and we're good. And we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and my last pick, although I'm going to have honorable mentions because I have, I'm ridiculous and I can't stop myself. (laughs) Whatever, you have some too. I do. Um, My last pick for sort of in my top five is uh, Boys in the Valley by Philip Fricasse, which I feel like I mentioned probably like a couple of weeks ago or something. Um, It is set in, I believe, 1905 in Pennsylvania at an orphanage for boys uh, that's run by priests and... um, I don't even know how else to describe it, but a a dark entity sort of infiltrates the orphanage and begins to take over some of the boys, mm-hmm. um, and they quickly turn on the priests as well as the other boys there. It's told from multiple POVs, so you get like a little, uh, like several people's, different people's perspectives. Um, it is like a possession kind of story, but it was, uh, very sort of viscerally written in the sense that like, it was genuinely like a little bit disturbing to read. I was like, whoa, okay, what the fuck is going on? Um, you know, 
know, like not overly so. It's it's fine even if you don't love horror. Like you'll get through it no problem. But like surprisingly, like really, the just like again, surprisingly emotional. I got emotional at the end of this book in a way that I wasn't expecting to. Normally weepy. What's with all? I know, but I got really sad at the end of this book because I was like, oh no. Um, And was just yeah, it was just really again one of those like I wouldn't necessarily have thought it would be super my jam. Like I like a possession thing every once in a while, but I'm not necessarily super like woohoo yeah. I like that. a possession as much as the next person. As much as the next person, <laughs> but I'm not necessarily that attracted to them, generally mm. speaking, because I find that they get very copy-paste, kind of, mm. with the formula, but um, yeah, it was really it was really good. All the characters were very dynamic, and it was just nice to read multiple, I guess, POVs and have them have all of these people seem fully separate from one another, like fully mm. formed characters that were not didn't seem like the same person at all. And I really, I re- just really enjoyed it. Also, nice. it was very, the setting was very um, atmospheric, you know, like sort of very secluded mm. orphanage, uh, like out in like Pennsylvania farmland, basically. Right. So the next people are very far away. Like you can't mm. get to the next farm very easily. There's a really big snowstorm. It's the middle of the winter. It's fucking freezing. Mm. So just all of those additional elements, I think, really add to the atmosphere of it in general. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have we have honorable mentions because, of course, we do. <laughs> of course. We can't stop ourselves. No. I mean, listen, okay, whatever. I, I do give an honorable mention uh, to A Court of Mist and Fury because mm. uh, it was excellent. Like, I really liked uh-huh. A Court of Thorns and Roses because it set up the world <laughs> yeah. and stuff. But A Court of Mist and Fury was just, like, above and beyond. And I know it's a lot of people's favorite in the series. Yeah. And I'm not surprised mm. having read it. Uh, maybe that's partially why I don't feel like reading the third one right now because no, you gotta I'm like, read it. because I'm like, oh, but this one was really good, and I don't want the other ones to not be as good. Anyway, <laughs> you gotta finish the story. <laughs> ah! Yeah, so I gotta give a shout out, definitely an honorable mention to A Court of Mist and Fury. Shireen's already talked about it, so that's fine. Um, How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix because I have to give at least an honorable mention, if not have a Grady Hendrix book on my list every year Mm. because he's incredible um and just because something's not necessarily in my top five doesn't mean i didn't fucking love it if i had a top 10 it would be on my top 10 (laughs) if if i had read 10 books this year we could have had a top 10 (laughs) you'd read 10 books this year that weren't just the accord of thorns and roses series (laughs) because five of them would have been that would have been that and that's it yeah yeah uh so how to sell a haunted house um brother sister try to uh, sell their parents' house after they pass away and stuff. They're estranged. All kinds of creepy shit happens in the house and a lot of like trauma from childhood and things like that come up as well. Um, as usual, it incredibly, incredibly toes the line between dark comedy and horror in a way with Grady Hendrix's stuff that I cannot explain. Mm. You just have to read it mm. and enjoy it for what it is because he just really manages to make something both like darkly funny yep. but also terrifying totally. at the same time possess dolls just like puppets keep it in mind it's terrifying <laughs> no thank you yeah so definitely those ones um oh yes i read the second finley donovan book this past year finley donovan knocks him dead those are always hilarious i've only read the first two i have the third one and i know there's a fourth one coming out next year as well that i'm definitely going to get my hands on um very funny like 
comedic mystery series. Mm. Um, I've talked, I know I've talked about them before, but they're just like, they're just like written in a really funny way that really works for me. And just like a very, again, like a very comedic when we're in really serious situations kind of reaction to things that I can't help but love. And this is what happens when you read a book about a woman who is accidentally like asked to murder someone's husband even though she's not a murderer she's an author it's really funny and somehow gets like caught up in the world of contract killing without meaning to That's so funny. it's so great um yeah so definitely that one feeling down of a knox and dead happy place by emily henry i read this year oh, yeah. um i like an emily I, emily henry's uh style of romance really works for me and happy place was definitely one of the most emotional ones i have read of yeah. hers and i really enjoyed it um the only one left by riley sager uh very gothic haunted house love a riley sager book very psychological generally speaking um and also really really good i really enjoyed it uh so you can't go through all of them i know i'm sorry (laughs) i'm looking at your list here that's my last one my last one is um such sharp teeth by rachel harrison which is the werewolf novel that i read this year again very much about sisterhood and everything and again it like wasn't exactly the book that i was expecting it to be and wasn't like so cookie cutter Mm. about it loved it great those are all of my honorable mentions. <laughs> She's like scrolling down a massive list, and I'm like, no. It's my Goodreads list. <laughs> um, my honorable mentions, um, there's uh, the Inheritance Games um, that started off really well with the first book. Um, I can't remember. I, I didn't read the first book this year, but I did read, I think, the second one this year. Oh, right, yeah. And the third one. So I read the f- second one, and then I I did read the third one. Um they were good, but I felt that, you know, there was, like, a lot of kind of similarities between each of the books, like, kind of similar, like, structure. Yeah, it's one of those things sometimes where you read the first one and you really like it because yeah. it's really fun and yeah, new, fun. but then it's, like, unfortunately, when that fun and new premise is repeated over and over again, you're like, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what happens a lot of the time with, like, yeah. young adult fiction series. Um, so it was good. Uh, it's the story of, you know, a girl who uh, gets called one day and she's been given a massive fortune by, like, a billionaire, and he's got, like you know, bunch of sons and stuff mm-hmm. and they were supposed to get the inheritance, but the, um, the man, well, sorry, his grandsons, um, and the man is all into like puzzles and riddles and like that kind of thing. So they have to solve a bunch of puzzles to figure out why she was chosen. Um, and then, you know, when you kind of think where the story's going in one direction, it doesn't really quite end up there and you're yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, so interesting in that way. Um, other honorable mentions, um, I know we just trashed it on another episode, Colleen Hoover. Um, I'm gonna give I'm giving gonna give a shout out to all your perfects because it was a, stop it you because it was good enough to like really make me think and stick with me, you know, like in the as I said in the episode that it's an insight into you know a person's mind when they're going through a really difficult time like this, and it's not something that's not um unknown of uh so i think it would be a story that a lot of uh women would resonate with if they read it um who have maybe gone through a very similar situation so and also you know people love coho megan i hope they wouldn't resonate with the infidelity of it fuck that guy oh, honestly i know but her male main characters make me want to punch someone in the face <laughs> like <laughs> yep um <laughs> and then of course finally uh, a court of silver flames You're so um funny. 
Go away. Uh, <laughs> in a lot of the online forums, I notice that a lot of people they don't even read a court of silver silver flames because uh, just for anybody who hasn't read this series, which mm-hmm. is not many people out there, um, the first three are like all the same story, kind of building off each other. Um, the fourth one is like a novella it's like kind of like a christmas episode of the story oh it's like a doctor who special yeah (laughs) it's like it's like a christmas special of the series um because it's quite small and then the uh is it the fifth one yeah um a court of silver flames is um the one that a lot of people they tend to not bother reading um because it's from the different perspective yeah it's from the perspective of nesta who's uh farah's oldest sister Mm -hmm. um I really liked it because I think that Nesta is a very complicated character. Yeah. And I think she comes off as like really bitchy and just like like kind of like a throwaway character to begin with. Mm-hmm. You don't really pay much attention to her. She just seems to be there to stir up conflict. Yeah, especially in the first book, I would say you're yeah. just kind of like, oh, fuck this character. And then, yeah. I don't know, in the second book, I find like you're given an insight into certain things and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And you kind of become more interested by yeah. this character totally no like when you told me that that one was from her perspective i was like oh that's an interesting switch i don't hate the idea of that and what's great is that it continues the story in its own yeah. way like it kind of branches off into a different story mm-hmm. um and i really appreciated what was done with this one because it, it put the spotlight on nesta uh farah didn't really get very much um you know screen time in this book I mean, um, does she need one after four well this is it like, it's like how many books do you need girl um and so it was just it was interesting to see like the uh, evolution of uh, nesta's character overcoming you know her issues with herself yeah. which is what made her so awful to everyone mm-hmm. basically and i mean sorry um I, I just thinking of it again from the perspective again you're taking this from the person who's only read the first two books yeah. but like as of book two there is an enemies to lovers romance for <laughs> nesta that's being set up already yeah. i would think you would want to see that play out in its own book definitely yeah as so i like you know i'm like i don't know why people are like oh i don't get through the last one i'm like excuse you're like me. why <laughs> we like a little bit of cassian like thank you um so anyways um yeah shout out to that one so if you're on those forums and you know you haven't read that book i really recommend that you do like give it a shot because hey you know we don't get many of these so no that's it so you may as well you know what just enjoy it while it happens um yeah i think you know what that's it i like i kind of to a certain extent i think it's great that we've been able to talk about sort of the types of reading years that we've had that's cool because it's okay sometimes like look my 2022 reading year shit yeah garbage 2023 awful for it me. was yeah exactly yeah. so i think that it's good sometimes for people to know like yeah sometimes you know what or you go through periods of time where you just like you're in like a huge book hangover or you just can't read you don't have the motivation for it. you've got mm-hmm. other stuff going on it can be really difficult and then sometimes you have a really great reading year like you know if i think about it i think my 2022 reading list i think i got to i don't know 45 books or something in the year my 2023 i stopped counting after 110 jesus christ girl. it's just like one a machine of, yeah it's just one of those years where this is what's happening and i don't think that every year will be like this mm-hmm. but at the same time i can appreciate that you know there's some nuance to it sometimes things just go better than others mm-hmm. so the year didn't start off incredibly but when it picked up it really picked up so nice 
Exactly. And here's hoping that 2024 will be a really good reading year for you. You'll be able to like get back into a few things. I, mean, I got enough of them on my shelf here. You have so you know. many. <laughs> you have so many. So many. Um, and you've got, you know, stuff coming your way because Santa's bringing you Yay, some Santa. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make a really cute Santa. Anyway. <laughs> yes, you would. You can come down my chimney anytime. Exactly. Um, on another note, though, um, thank you so much for, you know, having joined us for any episodes that you've joined us for this year. We really, really appreciate it because um, without you, like, what would we be doing here? You know, just Talking two people, just two people yelling into space <laughs> at that point. It wouldn't be worth it at all. Um, but we really, really appreciate like any support that you guys have given us. Thank you so much for that. And I know that our we're not exactly, you know, we're just two people sitting here talking about books and movies and things like that. Um, and I know that this year in particular has been pretty hard for a lot of people around the world, but I do hope that if you're listening, wherever you are, you're having, um, a safe and happy month of December and you're healthy and everything is going as well as it possibly can be for you. Um, and if not, then I'm really hoping that 2024 might help kind of turn some of that around for you, no matter what it is that you might be experiencing. We all go through different things at different times, whether they be small or large issues. So, um, and hopefully if nothing else, you, still find a little bit of an escape in terms of reading and what that can, you know, do for you and stuff. And if you're just getting into it, great. If you're somebody who's been reading for years and years, that's awesome. Um, But hopefully that can be something that's at least a little bit of a respite. Sometimes I think we all need that from sort of like the day-to-day craziness of everything that goes on in the world. Um, But yeah, I mean, happy new year to everybody who's listening and Hey, until 2024, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone.